Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Ladies and gentlemen, two men from opposite ends of the physical, cultural, and emotional spectrums. Flats and Shanks. Shoot. I will shoot. I'll shoot whenever I want. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of our weekly podcast. I'm David Flatman. I'm Tom Shanklin. All right, Tom. Hi, Dave. You all right? Yeah, okay, mate. You? Yeah, a bit of a sore throat, actually, which is um, I've had for a couple of weeks now. Too much um, talking, too much mic hogging. Yeah, too much mic. That is literally what it is. And I've got three, I'm hosting three dinners the next three nights. So my throat is hurting right now. So I'm very, very worried about my problems. Yeah. How are you? Is that because you burst into song? Or? <laughs> I can't help it. I'm like uh, Brian Blessed sometimes. <laughs> Gordon's alive? <laughs> yeah. Um, I just. Uh, I name just name like another film he's in. Brian Blessed. Apart from Flash Gordon. <laughs> Has he been in any others? Yeah. Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Was he? Yeah, he's Robin Hood's dad at the start. <laughs> Isn't he? Goes out to face the sheriff in Nottingham. They're all in masks. And they kill him. They kill Brian Blessed? But Duncan, his slave, was yeah. butler. If you like, if you had butlers in those days, he survives, and they get blind. Oh, yeah. Yeah, jumps on the back of a horse. Oh, yeah. No, that's later on, actually. Jumps okay, on the back of a horse. okay. Anyway... Um, we're hosting a dinner to, uh, this week, aren't we? Friday night. Yeah. Welsh lacrosse team. Yeah. The Welsh lacrosse team, the Welsh ladies lacrosse team dinner, and we're doing it as a favour to a couple of very good friends. And I'm. Am I, am I hosting it as well, or is it just. Are you hosting it? And... We're co hosting it, mate. Okay, so we have to think of some sort of script, otherwise. We're screwed, mate. I mean, we can't just sit behind a table with a computer and some microphones. It's going to be a shambles. Yeah. But they're not paying us, so it's like, you know, it's all right if it's a shambles. You can say what you want. 
We're sitting with Nigel Ray though, because it's at Allianz Park. We're sitting with Nigel Ray, so we've yeah. got to be our best behaviour. He's the owner of Saracens and also the Trocadero in London. And like I always like to remind him, bought my first two houses for me. Thanks, Nigel. Yeah, I mean, never saw a penny for it. Um, what have you been up to, mate? Uh, You've been in Doha. Doha, yeah. How's that? Well, can't get a gig here, can I? So I've got to go all, all the way to the Middle East. Nuggets hogging it all, that's why. Yeah, I know. So yeah, cover the games out in Doha for being sports. How's that? All right, it was hot, good actually. Hot. It was 26 degrees. They had some floods recently, but luckily the weather followed me out there. So oh. it was okay. Did you... So I did it with Steve Thompson. That's it. Tomo's out there. He lives in Dubai. Tomo is three times bigger than me now. He's huge. He's enormous, isn't he? Yeah. Um, good He's, value. He suits it, though. Uh, and Mal Kelly. Okay. Remember Mal Kelly? Yeah. Second row for Leinster. Oh, yeah. British Lion, 2005, you know, on the, on the main tour, the tough the tour. tour. Uh, very popular guy, Mal Kelly, from all accounts. The tour everyone talks about. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, he is. Real nice guy, mate. Mm. Real nice guy. He's, he's into camping and stuff like that. You know, he bought his goggles for a swim in the sea. Did he? Yeah, he said he couldn't see anything. Practical kind of guy? Okay. Yeah, and crashed into a rock, cut his leg. Oh. He's probably infected by now. Could be the end of him. Yeah. God, that'd be awkward, wouldn't it? Like that guy in Mutiny. Been watching Mutiny? Yeah. Yeah, but that's Chris, isn't it, or something? Yeah, but he's a dick, that guy. Yeah. Like he's, not, he's not a team player. He's got a real psycho look about him, hasn't he? Yeah, he's not a team player. That's the thing. Mallow Kelly was a team player. I mean, these people might not know that we did our last video. These people, they've got names. Yeah, okay. Listeners. Listeners. We did our last video last week, didn't we, for the BBC? Yeah. yeah. In the Welsh camp. All yeah. the lads. God, you should have seen it off camera. With Warbers. God, just trying to give us free kit all the time. J-Rob. Free stash. The best thing was, we got Reese Webb, the scrum off, to be in this video. And he was like... Um, he's like, uh, what are we doing then, lads? I was like, because he, that's my accent. And I was like, we want, to, want you to come out of a spa, right? And if you come out of a spa like you just had a treatment, um, and you say, thanks, ladies, and walk past and give us a funny look. He's like, what am I wearing? I was like, your robe. And he was kind of like, eh. I'm thinking he won't want to do it because he's a big name international player and he's it's pretty serious time of year and stuff. And basically, he would only do it if he didn't have to do it up so everyone could see his six-pack. Yeah. I thought he was going to say no. He, just wanted, he wanted to make sure he didn't have to have anything on. So they, they were up for being in the videos um, only if Reese Webb could show his abs, Sam Warburton could have immense weight on the bar, and Jamie Roberts basically said he'd let us know later in the day yeah. as, to, as to how he was feeling. Yeah, he woke up and he, he, told, he told the media guy, this is, this is how Jamie Roberts has changed in over the years, Shanks. Um, Shanks' best friend for years, for a generation in the Welsh team. Taught him everything. Taught him lots of stuff. And he, he said, he, press man, we, we got there and the press man said to us, Jamie told me at breakfast he'll make a decision later on whether it be in your video or not, depending on how he feels. All he wanted to do was him to stand up and walk away. Yeah, that was it. I think he's a little bit nervous, mate. You know, Do you reckon? So, yeah, he's got a lot on his mind, isn't he? He's, he's on the bench at the moment. The Lions tour's coming up. Yeah. You know. We actually, on, on our, that BBC video, somebody watched it, other than my mum. David Ornsby watched it, and he emailed us and said, can you verify what weight you and Warbers were pressing in the recent BBC sketch? It's not a sketch, mate. It's behind-the-scenes insight. I don't call it a sketch. It's not a fast show. It's a documentary. Um, 220 kilos, which to... 
some people is heavy to some people is not but when you're in the gym sort of a few days a week the weight gradually creeps up and before you know it you're lifting quite a lot of weight but you know I mean you did bounce a little bit off your chest but you know you still got the weight up yeah so. but I was wearing chinos and a check shirt so yeah. yeah not my normal lifting gear with my bench press suit and smelling salts what have you been up to? you asking them or me? you um oh Tom it has it has been it, I was at the Anglo-Welsh um, final on Sunday, which is a really good game between Leicester and Chiefs. Leicester won it. It was a really good game. Leicester were really, really good. Good for the victory and all that. But um, after the game, I was there with Andy Goode. And um, Goody, Goody was talking to Aaron Major. And I was kind of within earshot. I was next to them. Perfectly normal chat. Nothing controversial or whatever. But Goody, he was... What what I heard Aaron Major talking about was thinking about recruitment for next season, what positions they were going to look to strengthen, the sort of guys they were really keen. I know he, I did hear him say he was really disappointed that Freddie Burns was leaving Leicester because he thinks he's a great guy and a great player. And yeah. I kind of turned around and nodded and said, I agree, actually, know Freddie a little bit from his bath days and all that stuff. And he was talking about recruiting for next season and what the structure of the club might look like. And the next morning he's been sacked. It was that brutal. So he was sacked. Yeah, he's gone, mate. He's gone. So I say sat. He's been told you are not here next season. Um, so I mean, why why would he why would he stay past next weekend? So he's gone after next weekend. It's just it's just absolutely savage. I mean, whew. Matt O'Connor is a you know on the face of it in terms of what he's done at Tigers before is a really good appointment. But yeah, well, we got Matt Matt Scott on Twitter said, "Can you explain the logic and the lack of common sense forward slash loyalty?" the sacking of Major, especially after Sunday's win. I mean, this was obviously decided before Sunday's game. Yeah, uh, oh yeah, yeah. You know, this is probably decided a month or so ago. Yeah. Um, the logic, I mean, I, I, they, the thing is, they always know more than we know. And just because we wouldn't have done it doesn't mean they're wrong to do it because they know a lot more than we know. I'm talking about the board of Leicester Tigers here. So Ben Kay et al., and they know a lot. They know a lot about the club. They know a lot more than Aaron Major about Leicester Tigers as a rule because they've been there longer and all that. So they, Aaron Major is seemingly very, very popular with the players. So lots of players have openly tweeted about social media, posted on social media about how disappointed they are he's left. Yeah, they've openly said gutted for Mage. Hashtag bigger picture. You know. So Toulouse Baini's like properly gone for it. The boys are properly not happy. He's been done uh, sacked, whatever. But the board must have seen the senior members, senior management of Leicester Tigers, must have seen something in him, or not have seen something that suggests he can run a big club long term. They said, can he run it? And is he prepared to play second fiddle, be an assistant coach, be demoted? is Matt O'Connor prepared to have someone like him there? Mm. And he's very popular, but the board didn't see him as a viable option to effectively run Leicester Tigers rugby. When you're talking about the board, mate, you're not, you're not talking about idiots. You know, you're talking bright about, people, yeah. really bright. Like, you know, we, I, if I didn't think Ben Kay was bright, I wouldn't mention him. He is an incredibly bright man, very sensible, not on, not on the piss, I must say. He's a child on the piss, but very, very bright, really, really intelligent, really, really measured in his opinions, mm. which comes out when he commentates and talks about the game. So he's probably the best, if not one of the best voices we've got in rugby, and that, that's not by accident. So 
you know, him and a lot of other very, very bright people. I sat in on a Bath rugby board meeting once when there was a board there. I accidentally sat in on it. And what, what you mean you were hiding? I, I bought I bought the tea in a, in a little pinny. But they, I was just thinking, these are properly bright human beings. There were four blokes and three women, I can't remember what their name, they were properly bright, cutting through all the crap. So they don't think Aaron Major was the right guy to run that club, rugby department. So, okay. I don't know, it seems brutal, it is brutal, but Leicester Tigers have always been brutal. What else have you been up to? Where'd you watch your games? I did this thing, um, I did this thing where... Did Super Saturday, the last day of the Six Nations, I did it in a pub in Battersea called The Lighthouse, which is a really nice Lad. pub, actually. No, I did it with BT Sports. I wasn't boozing. And, um, it, you know, so we sit and watch the games and the crowd react and you chat to people in the crowd and whatever. It was a really good day. The long old day, mind. But I, I, don't, I haven't seen it yet. I don't know if it worked. I think it's on this Wednesday. So it's Tuesday now, isn't it? It's Who's on, on tomorrow night. Just me. Okay. And punters. And just make, just trying to make friends of you again. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you know, there are there are points when you think this is a great crack, and there are points when you think um, I've worked really hard to kind of, you know, the beginnings of trying to forge sort of the the early stages of a career for myself, and I'm now interviewing a three month old baby in a pub in an island shirt. Yeah, the blokes just pointing at you and laughing and whispering. Yeah, and I'm, I've um, dignity flushed down the gents, but it was it was actually. Really good fun. I don't know what it looks like yet. But oh, well, well, when's it on, mate? I think it's rug- on Rugby Tonight, Wednesday night, tomorrow night, tonight, whatever day you're listening to it. Or okay. yesterday. It was on yesterday. Um, so, what were you doing in Doha? You were a pundit, were you? Yes. Just watching the games, mate. Suited and booted? Suited and booted. Did you go out afterwards? No. Went back to the hotel. Really? Yeah, a couple of beers. There's no way to go out with Doha, mate. It's Qatar. There's no pubs, clubs. There's, there's, a, there's bars in the hotel where you can have a couple of beers after but because they're three hours ahead by the time you finish it's quite late yeah so we just went back had a couple of beers relaxed and went to bed because we are mental bloody hell yeah read a book well you don't want to go and spend your whole fee on piss do you no it's, it is expensive like that. you want to bring some money back as well you're talking like 12, 30 pound a beer that's bath that's prices a, for a, mate. that's for a bottle of beer that's bath prices mate no that's bad that's bad times yeah Especially when you drink as much as you do, Dominator. So, <laughs> so, uh, so David Platt, he was out there. Platty. Plato. Plat. Plato. Yeah. <laughs> That's not the best nickname, that is it. Gail. son. Uh, <laughs> he was out there. He's coming. He's coming the Prem League. Yeah, he's had a. He's do you know? A, do you know? His he, mum. His mum was a hairdresser, wasn't she? <laughs> He's uh, his dad was a horse groomer for a while, but wig wig maker. Anyway, <laughs> he, he, you say that, mate. He's had his hair weave. Has he? Yeah, and a little bit sewn in. Yeah, but you can't be called platy and then be bald. <laughs> can you? You can you? Yeah. He also he's got a little. He wears a little chain around his neck as well, which I know. Mm, that's a funny one. I pick up on everything. No, but you don't know what what sentimental value that. Would okay, have, so, so let's not slag it off. Let's not. No, uh, he de- but he wore one. Uh, he he was out there, did it with um, Angus Scott, right? He's, he used to work for ITV. Um, he does loads of the football out there and the rugby and all the sports, really. He's really good. Good bloke. Good fella. Yeah. I'll tell you what I did the other day. Uh, I forgot about this. I went deer stalking and gin tasting with Todd Blackadder. 
Yes, I saw that. And yeah. Hoops was there as well, wasn't and it? And Hoops, yeah, Matt Powell, the old Worcester's yeah. come off. So we were all kind of, three of us are mates, and Todd is obviously working at Bath with Stuart Hooper, so it's pure social. So really early start from uh, Bath, went deer stalking in Hereford without actually doing any deer stalking. So the guy was like, we're going out now, do you want a gun flats? And I said, no thanks, I'm all right. Um, just not really, I don't judge, because everything they shoot, they eat up there on the estate, but it's not not my cup of tea, really. If it bleeds, you can kill it. Yeah, Basically. if it bleeds. Yeah, so um, no deer, but had a nice walk in the country for three or four hours. And then we went to the Chase Distillery. They, I think they're one of Bath's sponsors, I think, which is how we got the gig. But we went vodka and gin tasting, and they got all sorts of booze there, and it was class. We went out for dinner in Hereford. You think, how good can dinner in Hereford be? Amazing. Um, Todd Blackadder can really drink. Did you see any SAS there? Yeah. SAS dads, they call them. Yeah, there was some SAS about. Is it, is it because, because you didn't see them, you saw them? Weirdly, I've been to a couple of SAS events. I was at an SAS event two, uh, two weeks ago, but I've been to their boxing dinner a couple of times in, yeah. in Hereford. And there's one bloke who just, SAS don't look like SAS as a rule. The ones I know, the SBS guys, the ones I've known know over the years. Who do you know? I know, well, I can't tell you his name. I know two. Do you know? I know more than that. I, I know Andy, Andy McNabb. McNabb. Chris Ryan. There you go, right. <laughs> so they, don't, they look like normal guys, but this guy looks like a, he looks like a meathead and he wears a massive shiny watch with diamonds in it and stuff and you recognise this guy and he's made it big in private security and I just walked into a pub and I saw him and I was like Steve and he was like hey how's it and I was like boys it's Steve from the SAS he's like shh anyway we got we got um, his like, name's not Steve by the way his name's not Steve pretty we got pretty Lashka card and um, what made me think of it is that Todd Blackadder wears like a rope around his neck with a bit of like bone on it like a kiwi okay thingy. yeah um He's a. I haven't. I've met him to say hello to before. I've never spent any time with him. Probably like Moana. She wears that. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. But Some of you might know that. Some of you might. But the not. listeners of this podcast will not be surprised to hear me describe Todd Blackadder as a very good bloke. Okay. I'm not going to go over the top, but he's very, very good company. Straight shooter, and I, I mean, I'm not a massive drinker. I'm not a heavyweight drinker, but I can have a pint with the best of them, except Jason Leonard. But it seemed like every pint. I had to neck the second half of it because he was yeah. you're around sweetheart hey sweetheart but all night it's like Jesus just relentless he likes you then I think he likes me yeah. hey it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget check out Quince they've got all the good stuff shirts and polos activewear and fine leather goods all at 50-80% to 80% less than other high-end brands and the best part they're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... 
HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. So as you know, we've got Leo Vegas bet of the week coming up um, where we bet on one of the fixtures, normally rugby, always rugby, and all the proceeds, if we win, go towards charity. When we win, because we're experts. We used to play a bit. Turn the charity. Children in need. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They get the dough. So this special unique bet will be on the Leo Vegas website. So get on to leovegas.com. Go onto the rugby page and, and you'll see this bet. Um, all the T's and C's obviously apply. You've got to make sure you're over 18. That's, that's the biggie. Do you know when, do you know when um, like the greyhounds or the horses, suddenly loads and loads of people start pumping loads of money on one horse or dog and the odds on it change? Is this, are we, what we're doing here is going to have such a massive impact on national betting on Premiership Rugby, do you think, that it's going to, are we going to completely skew the odds here? It's going to... It's either going to be our finest hour, yeah, or worst. I'm just thinking about the kids, mate. Yeah. Well, the game we're going to bet on is Northampton Leicester. Yeah. And this weekend at Shank- uh, Franklin's Gardens. <laughs> Sorry, force of habit. <laughs> um, I'm. So can I, can I pick a winner? Yeah. No, we we picked a winner. All right. But me. you're going to say what it is. Leicester by two points. Yes. So. Leicester have to win the game by more than two points. Okay. Okay. Minus two. Or Leicester minus 1.5, I think. So they've got to win it by two points or more? Yes. Right. Okay. So that's quite big. That's quite a big shout. Yeah. But we're we are bold, bald guys, aren't we? Especially off the back of Leicester's win. Yeah. The weekend. Not yeah. that they'll use a lot of that team. But I'm thinking it's Aaron Major's last game. Sorry, Mage. Major's last game. And I think a few guys that will want to send him out. With a smile. Go out on a high. Internationals, Tommy. Six Nations. Let's get it done. Scotland 29, Italy 0 at Murrayfield. Uh, mm. Enjoy it? Did enjoy it. Uh, I thought it was. I thought Scotland went out well. Yeah. And sent off Vern Cotter. And I, I loved Vern Cotter's emotional speech at the end. He, oh, love that. That emotional, he couldn't speak. Love that guy. I know, I know. I'm not even Scottish, and I'm gutted. I'm, I'm really glad Gregor Townsend's got the job, but I'm really gutted Vern Cotter hasn't, aren't you? Mm. It's, it's a shame that they both can't do it, isn't it? Yeah. But, no, look, Scotland scored four tries. They got bonus point. Um, all the tries were scored by backs, which gives you a bit of an, an inkling into how Scotland are playing and yeah. their strengths. You know, their strengths used to be their pack, their line-out, their scrum, their breakdown. Never used to be the backs, but... Like we said, they found a classy 10 in Finn Russell. Tommy Seymour played well. Visser played well. Do you reckon Seymour and Russell are Lions? We know Hogs are Lion. Um, potentially one of them. I don't think both of them will go. But you know, Scotland are, are creating opportunities now and finishing them. I mean, what doesn't help is Italy could not score any points kicking a goal. Carlo Canna missed three kicks. Carlo cannot. Exactly. Missed three kicks. It's just, 
they they've gone backwards. I think you know back in the day, you know they used to have like Gonzalo Canali, Andrea Massi, you know decent quality players in that backline. Now you look at it, and Lucicero in the front row. They've got they've got McLean at twelve, Luke McLean. Yeah, um, I mean. He's featured at 15. Luke McLean right now. I'm covered in chocolate. <laughs> Luke McLean. Yeah. yeah, we get it. <laughs> Esposito was pretty horrendous. Um, mate, fly, fly into it, mate. They don't listen to the podcast. Okay. Yeah, the, the, no Italians <laughs> listening. They're awful. And yeah. they're bad people. And they hate animals. And they don't take care of the elderly. So they, they were really woeful, I thought, Italy. Yeah, they, were, they, they offered nothing, but, absolutely nothing. Look, I don't think we take that away from... I Scott wonder if they've gone backwards or if everyone else has moved on and they don't have actually have the ability to move on. Is I think both. For Conor O'Shea. Yeah. I think both. Genuine worry that. Mm. They don't have many good players at that level, frankly. Their best players are Parise, of course, who plays in France, and Campagnaro doesn't even get in the exit of the team. Well, he's injured at the moment, but you know, most of these players are playing in for Treviso and uh, Zebra making so, boys yeah not, not having it so getting absolutely walloped every week but I'm glad Scotland won out on a on a relative high well yeah, done then. yeah it was good, good to watch it was good um, right come on right let's do it France hammered Wales 2018 um, absolutely justified win the best better team on the day yeah um, I think it could have gone either way boy uh, France certainly came out firing we were all over Wales in the first half and Wales are pretty did a pretty good job to stay one point behind come half time and they were right in it to the end. You, it was obvious, um, you know, by the scoreline. But let's, well, let, all right, let's do you, the last twenty minutes then. What I will say is France outscored Wales two tries to nil, which is worrying. Wales scored eight tries this yeah. whole campaign, mate. And yeah. hold on, give me a sec, give me a sec. Eight, eight, uh, one point six tries. Per game, well done, six mate. nations. Well done. Yeah, you know, words don't come to you, but maths, you know, it's just. You see numbers, don't you? How do you like them apples? Do you ever see the matrix right at the end? Yeah, he gets it. <laughs> it's like that in my head. Um, but yeah, so it's a real you, worry. You actually look like the exact opposite of. Is it Lawrence Fishburne who's in that? Yeah. What's his name? Morpheus. You're the exact opposite of Morpheus. <laughs> <laughs> You're like a Warpheus. <laughs> But anyway, back to it, mate. Um, stay with it. Um, right. One thing I know for sure is Wayne Barnes doesn't listen to podcasts. Okay. So right. Here's my thoughts in the end. Right. Yeah. Last twenty minutes. Yeah. Last twenty minutes. Obviously, you can't end a game on a penalty. Um, I thought. I don't know that much about scrummaging, mate. But he seemed to get the calls right. Um, there was a lot of early engagement by Wales, pushing too early. Um, France did have the shunt ahead, possibly not enough to warrant a penalty try because by the time the penalty was awarded they'd stopped what is really dodgy is the substitute of Antonio yep um, now I, Wayne Barnes was 100% correct in that as well making sure you know if, if a doctor tells a ref one of their players has an HIA who was the ref to, to say no can't say stay no. on. You cannot stay on. Um, what I did really like was the French team doctors. Yeah. Yeah, of course. And yeah. Wayne Barnes was very clear about it. Yeah. There's been some gamesmanship going on there, <coughs> and there will be no doubt full investigation going on. There's also then the bite. The bite that never was. The bite, the bite for which, of which we never saw the angle from the French director. And there's three things when it comes to a bite that a ref has to look at. Was it. Uh, Hung, was it hunger led? <laughs> yeah. 
What were those half-time snacks? <laughs> was it an opposing player? Was it the player himself? Or was it a player from the same team? They're, they're, yeah. <laughs> they're the three. And the supporter. Right? Touch judge. Yeah. They're, the, they're the three things he has to look at. Now, I agree his wording wasn't right when um, he asked for the fourth official. Has um, George North been bitten? Was it, was it a French team or did he do it himself? Um, so... Look, I think I think you cannot blame Wayne Barnes. There's possibly one area, one in that last twenty, he gave Wales not being back ten meters when they were on their line. Yep. And I think they were on their line. And also for me, mate, Vakatawa, that yellow card which yep. resulted in the Simbin, one million percent should have been a penalty try. You cannot give that knockdown a yellow card. And a penalty without giving the try. What cover was coming across? There wasn't enough cover coming across. No, you look at was the there, wide angle. Was there any cover? There was some cover. Right. Not enough. Not right. enough to get there. Not enough to get there. No way. Okay. Um, so apart from that. So the, but the, the old, they're not back 10. It was Reese Webb and one other, wasn't it? That were yeah. Back 10. Was it Falatau and I think, tip, I think they were getting the way back. Tipperick was oh, on tippers, the line. Tippers. They come off the line. Yeah, so anyway, they're back. They are back 10, but ultimately that was one of those penalties that didn't lead to a penalty try. No. So, okay, he gave a penalty when he shouldn't have done. That is actually quite an easy mistake to make. But if that was one of the penalties that contributed to a cumulative penalty version of a penalty try, then you, then there's a real issue. And, that also, actually didn't. and also, they didn't get a push out of scrum, did they? No. No, they didn't get a penalty try for scrum. No. So I think this is this is all opinion, right? So we're not saying these are facts. I don't know the facts. My opinion is pretty pretty simple on it, is that as soon as France got that penalty near the line, a penalty near the line, and you knew they were going to take the scrum, there's a clip on the TV where you see Johan Maestri and Damien Schuley straight into Uno Otonio, revving him up. We call it, we used to call it pumping his tyres up. There are certain props, the best props. So if you're with Dan Cole, Julian White, Kean Healy, uh, Owen Franks, you don't say a word to those guys. You might give them a tap on the arse, come on Franksy, come on Whitey. That's it. You don't need to speak to those guys because they know what they're doing and you know they're going to deliver or you believe in them. Sometimes everyone goes backwards. So the, as soon as they're going into him, I was sitting with some lads in this pub and one of them said, oh, they're, he must be psyching him up. I said, they're not psyching him up. They don't believe in him. They don't believe in him because he's 6'6 six, six and 25 stone, but he's a big old pudding of a prop. Like yeah. he's a big, strong guy. Before that, before those scrums, right? He was being he was at a guard. He was flopping around. He carried. Yeah, he, like, was, he had one little carry, which made about twenty. He was done, and he, he, he's bigger than he is good. But to be honest, he's obviously good, but he's bigger than he is good. Slimani is twice the prop he is, and they've taken him off. So as soon as that happened, not because I'm a know-it-all, just because I played in the front row, and I'm a bit of a know-it-all, <clears throat> I said to the guys around me, "You watch him. He's looking for a way out. He is looking for a way out." And sure enough, they got him off. All the talk about HIA. Barnsley can do nothing as ref. You've got to let him go. Complete balls. They are get there cheating, faking and a faking concussion to get him off and get the strong scrummager on. Then, so this whole thing continues, right? So then you've got Wales have got Samson Lee off for a yellow. I'm hopefully I'm getting all this right. I've yeah, you are right. Eight times. And Tommy Francis, the extra tight head, is on the bench and he's looking stony face, full on poker face, because he has obviously been given the word or he knows. I don't want to go back on there because if I don't, it's uncontested scrum and their best chance of scoring is gone. So he's sitting there. I'm not going back on. Barnsley then 
calls honestly call. He basically calls them out and says, "Was he injured or was he replaced?" They are make no mistake. They are trying to they are trying to not put Francis back on. Make no mistake. That is this is my opinion. I think they are trying to keep Francis off if they possibly can. They can't. They get caught on it. He has to go on and scrummage. In yes. the end, it does all right. So then you've got after the game, you've got Rob Howley talking about the integrity of the game and all that. And I agree, but it's awful using a fake. What well, I think allegedly it was inverted commas fake concussion. Nor, head injury. nor did the doctor walk down with Antonio. No, he wandered in. Yeah, on so his they own. obviously weren't giving him an HIA. But there was a there was one of the coaches in the French technical area stepped out of the technical area to speak to the doctor which you're not allowed to step out of the technical area yeah went and spoke to the doctor and then within seconds the doctor was on the field yeah so my view and it's not fact my view is that they cheated to get Antonio off and Wales then tried for a couple of seconds to cheat to keep Francis off but couldn't so got him on then you've got Howley talking about integrity of the game having been compromised I feel reasonably confident that Wales too were trying to cheat and keep Francis off. If not for that, if not for that long, they didn't try that hard. Also, and I say this as you know, a, a lover of lots of my very good mates play for Wasps in the era I'm talking about. But Wasps for me are one of the very reasons there are now two props on the bench in every professional game because the amount of times against Leicester mainly, but also against us at Bath when we had a half decent scrum, they would go uncontested with one prop on the bench was ridiculous and. Yeah. One guy said to me on Twitter, that opinion is a load of bollocks. I just asked the question. I said, hang on a minute. Sean Edwards was there. He was doing it. He was running that show when Wasp were doing it. So don't give it, or be careful when you're talking about integrity of the game when one of your best mates, and presumably, and one of your coaches has done it repeatedly at club level. Then, firstly, everyone pushes the limits. So I'm not having a pop at anyone. I'm saying, actually, just be careful who you, whose integrity you question, you know. So... You know, and for the just for the Wasp fans in the room that say I'm being bitter because Wasp were a better team than we were, they were definitely a better team than us. Ten times, nine times out of ten. However, I've been on the field when a Wasp prop who I won't name because he's my friend and it's not fair to him got told. We I came off the bench in a playoff game. Can't remember what year. Can't remember what stage it was. It was a big game, and I came off the bench fresh and really pumped because I'd been dropped, and we were about to dominate in the scrums. That much I was pretty confident about. I wasn't a great player at this point but I could push and we were going to move forward in these scrums and someone approached this prop a member of the medical staff one of the staff approached this prop gave him the word and actually said this is it time to go off and he said no he was resisting it saying no I'm not doing it I'm not doing it and they pulled his arm and said get off and he walked off and he apologised to me after the game for it so please don't tell me it's bollocks this stuff did used to happen it still happens and you know, guys who are in charge of the Welsh team who are mad at the French for having done it. I think it's awful what the French did, what they allegedly did, what I think they did. If they did it, it's awful. If they didn't, I'm sorry. Can't prove it, though. That's going to be the issue. Can't prove it. And, you know, everyone everyone seems pretty confident. I seem pretty confident on it. But I, I feel like the French cheated first. Welsh tried to cheat, couldn't quite manage it. And then the Welsh slagged off the French for cheating. I once propped in sevens. That's my story. <laughs> okay. Um, How'd, it go? How'd it go? Yeah, all right, actually. Um, pretty good whoa enough shanks enough <laughs> um, God, but yeah social so apart from Wayne Barnes not giving Wales a penalty try I thought he did a, de- a very decent job in a in very tough circumstance here's here's the thing Nugget I'll make Nugget the pod's friend Martin Williams he said on the TV like, I was in a pub so I couldn't hear the punditry he said that Wayne Barnes lost control yeah. the next day Go on Twitter, guys, if you've got it. And 
check out what he said. I said, I watched it again and I think I was wrong. I think Wayne Barnes did a really good job. Something on those lines. I yeah. love that. That is a that is a proper star. It's a proper legend of the game, the world game. I think you just saying, got Do you know what? I got it wrong. I think he just got abused on Twitter, mate. <laughs> <laughs> didn't watch it again. Yeah, I got it wrong. Stop abusing me. But anyway, I, I thought, I've watched it since and I thought Wayne Barnes did a great job. And he doesn't listen to this pod, so we can say what you want. He's a dick. No, no, he's not. He's nice. Okay, so that brought us straight into Ireland, England, and well done to ITV for holding off the kickoff time so people could watch it. Yeah, them. yeah, straight in, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was actually. A, I didn't. In terms of quality of rugby, it probably wasn't the best game. In fact, it wasn't the best game, but I thought it was fantastic spectacle. It was just brutal. I mean, Ireland just managed to stop England go forward. Yeah, all together. Um, mate, take your hat off to. Jared Payne coming back from hmm. that long injury layoff and having a performance like that. Yeah, and 25 minutes in, he was blowing out of his ass. He was absolutely hanging. Peter Omani was meant to be on the bench. Jamie Heaslip comes straight in and has near enough gone to first choice Lion. Never seen him have a bad game though. How, I, I don't know. Ali, maybe not first choice Lion, but he's on that plane. Ali, Ali Eakin tweeted me. I, I, I tweeted something about Peter Omani. Hmm. And Ali Eakin said, how is he ever not in the team? And I go along with that. I... I, re- I really would have him in the team over, I mean, he's not an out seven, but even over O'Brien this season, over Heaslip, I really would. I think he's magnificent. When you, he's wouldn't ho- you wouldn't have him over CJ Stander? No, I wouldn't, no. No. But I'd have him, up, I'd have him he's, for me, he's level pegging with Stander. He's yeah. as good, but I'd have them both as starters. I think he's just, he's just a force of nature. Get him, get, him in, get him in decent enough physical shape, and he's an absolute machine. I love, I love watching him play. And Sexton was, again, good. At ten, takes the ball so flat, gets hit a lot, but that's because he takes it so flat. Yeah, what what but just like, orchestrates yeah. it well though. Yeah, you know, kicks the corner as well, gets his backline going. Gary Ringrose defensively mm. was unbelievable. He's great, isn't he? Mm. Don't compare him to Brian O'Driscoll. I haven't. You just did. I said defensively he was brilliant. You said he's the new Brian O'Driscoll. You just said it. Oh yeah, sorry, mate. Um, what I like about Johnny Sexton, and you'll know more about this boy, is that his game is. He has great variation, great leadership, but he takes it hard to the line, takes it all flat to the line. He got he got smashed at the weekend. He gets mm. smashed all the time, and he's been injured a lot. He just got to stay fit to get on that Lions trip, and not once does he bottle taking that ball to the line and just catch and give and stay deep in the pocket. He has got proper guts, that bloke. Do you see him giving Haskell a little kick, coming back into yeah, position? Yeah, that's fair enough, though, isn't it? Haskell buried him earlier. Yeah, that's all right. You can give Haskell a little kick. Yeah, Hass doesn't even know he did it. But defensively, Ireland were the best I've seen them, and England were coming off the back of that game against Scotland, where everything was attack. It was full on attack. There was absolutely no space yeah. there for any of those England players. Any of their go forward, you know, Vinopola was in, Haskell was in to give them that go forward. It was just chopped down straight away. The amount of times they got held up, yeah, in that choke tackle. It's not yeah. really a choke tackle. It's just. Players running too high, and yeah. other players coming in and sealing off the ball, keeping them up. But I thought Ireland were fab. They were kind of Ireland deserved the win, mate. They agreed. did. They deserved the win, but England are worthy championship winners. Do you know what I love? I love the fact that um, I remember last time it happened to England, didn't it? A few years ago, they won the Six Nations but lost the Grand Slam game in Dublin. Yeah, and might have been 2011, something like that. Yeah, and I think Phil Vickery was punditing, and Phil Vickery like a bit of a He's a mate, but he's kind of a bit of a hero of mine. You know, just great, just a great fella. And um, I played for England a couple of times only, but with him, and he just he had a massive, 
you know, massive impact on terms of how he behaved and all that sort of stuff. I thought he was a great guy. But they were England boys were having a few beers and celebrating after that game, having won the champs, but not the Grand Slam. And he said, in, you know, when I was playing, we'd have, wouldn't have been seen dead with a can of beer. We'd have been devastated. And yeah. how can they be celebrating? And at that time, I must say, I kind of agreed with him. Now I feel differently because I saw the England team properly celebrating, having a night out, tweeting pictures of themselves, posing and laughing and drinking beers in the change rooms. Because, all right, they lost the game. They're still joint world record holders, Six Nations winners, second season in a row after that World Cup. And I actually love the fact that Eddie Jones said, cut loose, boys, and get stuck into it. I love that. It was good. It must have been hard for them as well, you know, off the back of... No one likes to celebrate when you've lost. Yeah. And I had to go out there. But, look, they consistently... Through the tournament, they were the better team. Yeah, um, worthy winners, definitely. Oh, yeah. um, right, just on. No, not actually. Uh, yeah, all right. Um, would you use the Ford Farrell ten twelve partnership for the Lions? No. Okay, so my theory, right? Well, not my theory. My point of view is Farrell on the Lions is the best twelve and the best ten. Yeah, um, I think he has to play twelve. I think if. If uh, the Lions stand any chance and beat in New Zealand, it's not going to be, you know, physically dominating them. It's going to be making them think. It's going to be about creating space. Um, more often than not, the space is in the wider channels, so you have to create that space in order to get the ball to the wide channels. You need some decent passes. He is the best twelve in the Northern Hemisphere, playing with Sexton. Yep, my view. Yeah, same as my view, mate. Yeah, we're on the same page, boy, don't we? favourite time question time question time prime mincers question time can you say mincers on a podcast say whatever you want I mean mincers as in the people who create mints from pieces of meat butchers butchery butchcraft got a question here right I think we've answered this already Chris Smith I think Wayne Barnes did a good job yes no yes Chris I thought he did a very good job I think he's the best referee in the world Mm. shut up who's better than him I'd say yes for the last 20 no because it should have been a penalty try okay mm, I'm not so sure on that um, is a good, you're like this Flats try and keep the answer fairly short no Thundercock wants to know Thundercock yeah. from Twitter yeah yeah um, Flats can you explain what pre-engaged actually means it's people who start going out and then um they don't realise what it actually means to get married. People like Russell Brand, and they just go and get engaged to celebrities before they've actually got to know each other and have lived together and actually realise what a long-term relationship is actually all about. It's about work. Okay, cool. Don't know that. Okay. Um, another question for you, mate. Go then. Don't call me, mate. Okay. Matt Slater on Facebook wants to know, will New Zealand be worried about what they've seen in the Six Nations? Are New Zealand worried about anything? I'd say the one thing they'll take from the Six Nations no no, not the one one thing they'll take is two things they'll take are the English midfield what it did to Scotland I think that will have that will have um, caught their attention and I think that the Irish defence against England will have caught their attention I think a couple of players would have caught their attention I don't think they'll be too worried about what they've seen because we, we've not really seen that much attacking rugby apart from England ruining Scotland I mean everyone ruins the Italians at the moment but yeah. I don't think that I don't think they'll be too worried individual performances like 
I think they'd be worried about Stuart Hogg. I think they'd be worried about CJ Stander. I think previous to the Six Nations, they would have been worried about Vinopola and his form. Yeah. Um, but possibly Farrell at 12. So individually, I think they'd be certainly looking at a few of the players and seeing them as danger men. And rightly so. Yeah. Yeah. All right, we've had one from Chris Finch. Finchy. Finchy. Is it the Chris Finch? Yeah. Bloody good rep. Banter. Um, he, firstly, two things. Shanks, I think I once saw you in the West in West Wales wearing a Chuckle Brothers mask. Was that you? Yeah, it was. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> I was Barry. Um, <laughs> Barry Chuckle. And Reese Williams was Paul. <laughs> we were on a stag do and basically you had to bring a mask. Oh, fair dues. Yeah, so we went as Chuckle Brothers. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wayne Rooney was there. The Queen. Oh, really? Uh, That's nice. Um, his question, Finchie's question, Finchie, Finchie. is... Did, did a boat race, tops off. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And Tenby Rugby Club. Reese would have looked all right with his top off in those days, wouldn't he? Yeah. Probably still does, actually. Yeah, he does. He, Nick, he, he does. does. Oh, he's, he's on what bike, isn't he? Is he? Yeah. So is he a what bike ambassador who actually bought his own and just does it on his own? I like to think he bought his own. Yeah. Yeah, he's got the mat down as well, does it in his spare Sweat room. Sweat mat. Yeah. Instagram's pictures of it. Get over it, mate. Um... My question, Finchie's question is, out. This got to try and keep this quick, but rattle this off. We can't make any changes, all right? Um, out of all the players you played with in your respective careers, Flats, can you pick your forwards and Shanks, can you pick the backs for your combined dream team? We can't be in it, by the way. Put you on the spot. I know. I'll go first then. I haven't thought about it, but I'm going to go Roberto Grau, Loosehead, John Humphreys, Hooker, Julian White, Tighthead, Second Rose, Martin Johnson, Danny Grucock. Uh, blindside flanker uh, Francois PNR was decent but I'm going to go Andy Beattie instead um, more consistent and I'm going to go Richard Hill at seven and at number eight um, my choice might surprise you I'm going to go with Geraint Lewis Geraint Lewis yeah alright or Gerald as we called him G-string G-bomb G-banger He's now coaching the twenties, I think, mate. Yeah, he was a he was a he looked like a shopkeeper. He was a genuinely genial rugby player. Every time he played for Bath, he only there for five minutes. He was just amazing. He was the best player in our team, and they wouldn't pick him because he wasn't a big mutant and didn't bash people. But he was amazing. Really? Yeah. He just every time he almost every time he got the ball, every time he was on the field, he tore the best defenses in the league to pieces and made it look easy. He was a I, I found it to be a properly gifted player. So, right. how about you, your backs? Okay, right. So, if I go nine, I'm going to go Mike Phillips, number nine. When he was at the Blues, mate, it's probably the best rugby he'd ever played. Yeah. Absolutely incredible. Uh, number 10, I'm going Thomas Cassinier. Yeah, yeah. From Saracens. Yeah, lovely little Tommy. What a player, mate. What Remember player. when he first joined Saracens? He was like outrageous. It was a joke. It was a joke. Yeah, he was that good. He, just, he made rugby look easy. It was yeah. um, centres, I'm going Tim Horan and Gavin Henson. Decent. Henson. Nice. Yeah. Left and right. Mate, when he wanted to, that boy could play. Yeah. Yeah. He's also incredibly talented. Yeah, perfect teeth. Good yeah. looking. Uh, my wingers, I'm going Gareth Thomas and George North. Nice. Yeah. And 50, I'm going Lee Byrne. The bomb diffuser. You're a bomb diffuser, are you? Yeah. Okay. What? The angle, we used to call him. <laughs> the grinder. He, <laughs> he just grind you down. You've got to have Matt Perry at fullback. He even played with the movie. No, he, the angles he hit out wide, mate. Wales love something like that now. Yeah. 
Beautiful. Real, like a player that just run through the ball because there's yeah. players that catch the ball and then want to accelerate when they catch the ball so they're not yeah. actually running at full pace yeah. but you put the ball out there and he'd hit a line and just burst onto it. Yeah. Beautiful. Just a natural eye for a guy and what a left boot as well. So that's, our, that's our team. There you go. Um, this is from Tom. Okay. Raby on email. All Raby's. Right, boys? Raby's. If, it, if something, if it's an object that belongs to him then it is Raby's. Okay. Yeah. Um, the long, it's a long question this Tom I'm trying to keep it short in future please listeners um, we can't read very much when Gats mate of yours is he Tom when Gats picks his Lions squad is it simply a case of having the 35 best players or there is, is there room for a couple of proper good boys who will run through brick walls for the midweek team um, Gats right the Irish boys used to call him Gatty <laughs> Gatty Gatty Paul, Paul Wallace was telling a story about how Gatty um, wanted to make the Irish team look scarier yeah, so he, he made them all put fake tan on. <laughs> Did he? Yeah, but Wally's calling him Gatty. Hey, Gatty. Hey, G- Gatty. Um, don't know what the accent that was. Um, I think I, no, I think he I think he'll pick two or three just good lads to have in a squad environment. People that you know will create a laugh, will create a buzz around the uh, around the camp. That's why Play, I think players Hask- players that will be funny. Yeah, that's why I think Haskell's going. Haskell will go. Partly because he's a very good player, but partly because he is an unbelievable tourist. Yeah, I'm, I'm not Doesn't sure. Sleep. I'm not sure after that weekend because I think so many other back rows stood out. Yeah, um, I know it's not just over one game; it's over, you know, the last year. But mm-hmm. Hask has been injured a bit as well. But I know I agree with you in terms of characters. Yeah. You need someone like that. Just he to is out there. Bring that squad together. Yeah, I mean, hopefully they don't room together. I mean, hopefully they room together. Yeah, they, they are roomed together. Yeah, they didn't room in 05. They are yeah. roomed together. That's yeah. what Gatsy said. Yeah. Um, made that up, but it's just offering some insight. No, he did say that, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, right, Alid Ellis on Gmail. Hi, lads. Effectively, um, which player can neck a pint the fastest that you know? I'm going with Andy Beatty again, the Bath Rugby blind side. I've seen him neck a pint quicker than you can chuck it on the floor. Opens up the gullet, Yeah. Pours it down. He doesn't. He gulps no. it. But it's just two or three. Really sucks it. He doesn't let it pour. He sucks it out. He's like we used to call him Avatar because it's like a, one of like a, a genetically. What do you call it? CGI character. CGI character. Like he's not real. He picks it up. It looks like a thimble. All right. And he just sucks it down like he's on TV. Scott Cornell. Oh yeah, but yeah. Can. We used to call him the Dementor because he sucks. Because <laughs> <laughs> that pint around the glass was like, yeah, Harry Potter. Yeah. Um, really good alright I've got a, a question here from last one no we've got a couple mate alright mate Donna Devlin she says looking back over the, all the games in the Six Nations this is on Twitter what game would you like to play in um, England Scotland okay battered them loads of rest after each try might have got yeah might have got a try as I well. could have scored yeah well you, if you want scored you would set up a couple like Phil Christopher's <laughs> When I put when I put Christopher's in, yeah, um, flick, put him in. Mine might have been uh, Wales England because might have won if I was playing. Ah! No, um, Wales Island. I would like to play in just because that emotional high that must have been after the game when the pressure was on. And yeah, that relief. Um, can't be it. Can't bottle that stuff up and use it again, can you? You can't, Tom. Once uh, it's gone, it's gone, isn't it, boy? Yeah. Um, uh, last question then. Right, well, all right, last one then. All right, yeah, one, yeah, all right, yeah, yeah. Last one. Captain Chaos wants to know. Huh. 
Where did babies come from? But you spelled babies wrong, so I'm not going to answer it. Um, there's one here from on Facebook from Jonathan Williams. He, he's got a real concern for the future of Wales. Need to pay their best players in Wales. Um, so the likes of Keelan Giles, Steph Evans, Tom Young's is playing outside. So he's got to worry that you know these players are going to leave Wales because they're not really going to look in the Welsh team. So do you know what I think? I've said this before. There, need, there needs to be more incentive to play for Wales. Now, the incentive in England is £22,000 when you play for your country, win, lose or draw. Mm. So a lot of players will stay because monetary-wise it's worth it to them. In Wales, they don't have that type of money um, purely because they're not as rich a um, union as, say, England, nor can they afford it. So there has to be something. Now, I think, I really believe this, mate, that they should adopt something like Australia do. So... If you want to play for your country, you have to be playing in your country and you have to gain 40 to 50 caps playing domestic rugby in your country before you can go off and play outside. But if they're not able to incentivise the players sufficiently to play for Wales, why are the players going to care if they leave and don't get picked for Wales? Well, that's, well they want to play for Wales, that's the thing. You've got to, you're banking on that though. Well, who? I don't know many players that don't want to play for their country. I know I know England players who've taken contracts because they're not that bothered about playing for England. That's because they've not had. That's because they're probably not good enough, mate. Because otherwise they would be. I made that up anyway. Yeah, <laughs> um, but I know players who hate playing for England. I don't know any. Um, I, oh yeah, there's money there, mate. There's money. There's how many? How many people does the Millennium and, uh, Principality hold? Seventy-six thousand. Right, there's seventy-six thousand people there. There's a, there's fifty-five plus for every international. There's money there. There's money there. Still the doubt, more. Still a doubt in the stadium, there, mate. Um, but also, more. you know, these. Um, also, the WRU cocking up things like Halfpenny coming back. Whether he's the player he was or not, I personally don't think he is. But he's still a massive name, and it's a great catch for them to get him back when he could go anywhere in the world. But they if, cock it up. If you told, if you told the likes of Lee Halfpenny, George North, you know that they couldn't. If they played outside of Wales, they wouldn't play for Wales. I bet you they'd come back. All right. How much do you want to bet? If you build it, they will come. How much do you want to bet? Um, Leicester by 1.5. Yeah, perfect. Okay, yeah, I, I can't disagree with much that you said. Mm. Um, um, and it's easy for me to say pay them more because I'm being generous with someone else's money and I don't know how much they've got. But pay them more. Yeah. That's what I'd do. All right, well, that's it really. Hang on, what, let's think of some stuff you wouldn't do for 22 grand in 80 minutes. Let's just say two hours. You've got to put two hours grant. What wouldn't you do for two hours? For 22 grand. Lie in a coffin with snakes. Wouldn't you? No. Nah, what, what if they weren't venomous and they could not kill you or hurt you? One's enough for me, mate. Who? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no. I don't think I could, mate. I hate them. I, I hate... Um, what's the what, What's the bond? Where he's in... Yeah, live I'm and let one. die. I hate live and let die. I hate Raiders of the Lost Ark when they've got snakes all over them. Yeah, but 22 Gs. Don't need the money, mate. <laughs> I've got loads. You, you could buy the house next door in, in Wales for that. I've got loads of money, mate. I mean, it's tied up in my mum and dad's house. <laughs> <laughs> I no, I I hate snakes, mate. What would you What would you not do? Um, I tell you what, I wouldn't want to do. Be quiet for an hour. Yeah, I could not talk for two hours. Is what I couldn't do. What I wouldn't want to do is wear fitted jeans. <laughs> Hey, on that, on that, this is, uh, I, I, I forgot I wanted to bring this up. Wear, wear something not out of barber catalogue. 
brush your teeth. <laughs> Stop eating dog shit sandwiches. Um, what, <laughs> uh, what I was going to tell you was that, um, you know, we met, um, you know, Gavin Henson's an amazing Nick and he's like slim and toned and brown. Yeah. And I'm 21 stone five and I'm fat and bald. No, but it suits you. He, he turned up for that phone, that video thing we did the other day wearing black jeans, black trainers, black everything. Since we saw him, I bought some black trainers. <laughs> black jeans. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, and the jeans are like a size too small. My missus is like, they're actually better because your jeans are, because my jeans start off tight and then my legs are so big, I sit down and it stretches them and then they look baggy. So I've gone like, they're not skinny, but they're like skinnier than normal. I mean, the, in all fairness, mate, the hardest thing would be trying to get them over your calves. Wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, I'll, maybe next week I'll wear my black, all black outfit to see if I look like Gav. <laughs> I, was gonna, I wasn't going to tell you, I was just going to turn up. But then I thought, I'm buying a black leather jacket just for a gag. And I couldn't find one that fits for less than a couple of hundred quid. I was like, Mate, this, is a, this is too expensive. You're going to look like some sort of seal. I <laughs> 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 like Ross Kemp on gangs in Bradford and Avon. Oh, um, yeah. So, oh, yeah so anyway, what I couldn't do for two hours, what I wouldn't want to do for two hours for 22 grand is read any more of Roberto Duran's autobiography. It's the worst book I've ever read in my whole life absolute bag of balls don't read it it's awful okay alright yeah perfect so should we call it a day yeah I mean, that's, it's late enough isn't it it's half past ten yeah night everyone bye ta-da bye bye see ya bye see ya. bye bye ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.